People like to think that millennials are out to ruin the world. The truth is, we're just trying to survive it. Join me as I navigate through life the best way I know how, with a few laughs and a bottle of wine. My name is Josh Gunderson, and this is The Millennial Agenda. And welcome to another episode of the Millennial Agenda. I hope this is finding everyone safe and well after an absolutely fucking insane week. I'm sure at some point I will sit down and unload all of my thoughts and feelings about the happenings in Washington D.C. But for now, I am sticking to the schedule. I mean, you can always you can always find my real time rants on Twitter. So give that a follow and enjoy. Today, I am very thrilled to be welcoming to the pod author Caitlin Fisher. Caitlin is the author of The Gaslighting of the Millennial Generation and creator of Critical Hip Recovery, where geek culture and self-improvement combine to help others become their next level selves. So without further ado, let's let's get to it. Welcome, Caitlin, to the podcast. How are you? I am doing pretty well today. I've had a productive couple days, which is new and different for me because sometimes I just lay in bed and let the void take me because the pandemic has erased the meaning of time. I I, I feel that. I don't, I, I'm proud of you for being productive post-holidays because I have not. I Yeah, normally that week between Christmas and New Year's is sort of like the week where you just eat cookies and become part of the couch but I didn't that's just what we've been doing all year yeah like I didn't really celebrate Christmas this year like I did very minor gift exchanges and I still can't really comprehend that it's the end of December so this yeah. to me and I was like well I have a new idea I'm gonna work on some stuff this week and I've just been in a groove I, I'm hoping I can find that groove eventually. Will you lend me some of your groove? Please? Yes, I will. I am sending you the, the groove, the mojo. You will receive it. So I do have to ask, did you did you fall into the Animal Crossing level of quarantine at any point? So I myself did not, but my partner and his roommate have an island at their house with their switch because I do not have a switch. I I still have an iPhone six. Like I don't really do new technology. I just sort of live with with older things. So this is again why I, I now firmly believe that we are kindred spirits because I have not updated my phone in about seven years. I I really just you know, I just deleted 9,000 photos off it, so it's been running a lot better for me, and I'm like, this will give me, like, another six months at least. <laughs> I I apply. I mean, as I'm currently in Florida, where everything is the worst, and no job prospects in sight, I don't have the money to upgrade right now. Like, Verizon is trying. They're like, hey, hey, buddy, you want to you wanna upgrade that phone? <laughs> you know you want to. We'll give you Disney Plus free for a year. Oh, well, <laughs> then you can watch The Mandalorian. 
I but I already paid for the subscription for the year. Like they they showed up too late. They're like the worst yeah. drug dealer ever. Yeah. I already bought it. It's bad. It's terrible. The 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 listeners got a, a bit of an introduction about you. Hopefully, we'll see what happens. Um, it's okay. We forget. But I so I I discovered you by accident. That's how I got a deal <laughs> was by accident. So in 2016, on on your blog, which is the bornagainminimalist.com, which you can find in the show notes, uh, you wrote a post called The Gaslighting of the Millennial Generation that went bonkers. It it went super viral. And I I didn't intend for that. I don't think anybody intends for things to go viral. And if they do, no. they, they don't go viral because we can tell you're trying. But I was just like researching sort of emotional abuse. I was processing a lot of my own trauma from an abusive childhood. And I was like, you know, the way people treat millennials is honestly gaslighting. They, they raised us saying, you can do anything if you try really hard and you can do whatever you believe in. And then we're older and we're like, hey, so I feel like the minimum wage should be higher and like I should be able to find a job. And they're like, we never said that. Get out of here. And I was like, this, I just, it, it had been rattling around in my brain for months. And I finally wrote it. And I wanted to make sure it was like well supported. So I'm looking up research on how millennials act and sort of their values and the diversity within millennials and put that all together. And yeah. my blog was set up to automatically tweet. And so this went out into the world. And it had over a million views, and that still just is so ridiculous to me. I can't believe yeah. it. I feel that now. I so I. What's super funny is looking at the comparison. In July of that same year, I had a I had a blog post go viral, and I don't know how you reacted to it, but I could not write another blog post for like a solid month. I didn't write again. So that came out in October and I didn't write again until February. (laughs) I panicked. My, my imposter syndrome took over and was like, you're never going to do anything that good again. So you're done. Yeah. It was, it was overwhelming. Like there were so many comments and a lot of them were very supportive and positive. And some of them were, what you would expect. People saying like, oh, this is garbage. You're just whining. You're proving the point that millennials suck. And I'm like, <laughs> you're proving the point that everybody says millennials suck. So like, cool feelmate, bro. Yeah. Congratulations on proving all the points. Right. That, that's also like some of my favorite book reviews. I have this one star review from a guy who like, you can tell didn't read it. And he it's just like this rant about how I skipped a generation and like I should have written about Gen X and that you know he was also being raised told he could do whatever he he wanted but he can't like he wants to do parkour but he can't and I'm just like one I hope you can do parkour one day like I don't know what's preventing that for you but I hope that you get there and two I'm not Gen X so I'm not going to write a book about what it's like to experience life as a Gen X. Yeah. You know, I didn't, I didn't write that book. If you want to write it, be my guest. <laughs> really nerve wracking. I, I, I get, I've reached the point where I get this weird 
delicious satisfaction from haters online because i think i think 2020 did it to me that i just kind of gave up and i'm like oh you don't agree with my opinion that's fine you want to throw hate at me bring it i i my mantra this year has been i don't fuck with that energy Mm, i like if somebody comes at me and they're just some guy listened to the preview of my book on audible and then looked up my facebook page which has not been updated in months because I am bad at that sometimes. I feel that. I've been resting. And um, he posts that like, your book sounded so terrible in the Audible preview. I couldn't even finish it. And then just like went off on like this rant. And I was like, who hurt you? (laughs) I don't think it was me if you didn't even listen to 90 seconds of my content. But something somewhere like just got this guy very riled up and he also was like commenting on like some of the posts I had made like about student loan debt and things like that sort of like the well you know people took him out they should pay him back kind of rhetoric which I mean I I paid all my student loans back I'm now broke because of it but you know right I'm mine are down to 24k and I'm like I think I see like the end eventually when I can start paying on them again because they've been in COVID forbearance I though I have to say because I so the the audiobook is narrated by Erica Sullivan and I'm listening to the audiobook and I I think it is rather delightful good I am glad (laughs) uh I haven't listened to it because I'm scared I will cringe (laughs) I that's I think so I mean my book came out the day before yours did in 2019 book twins and we we are we are also book twins and i have yet to it's an autobiography so i feel obligated to record the audiobook myself and i have the means to do it but like i a don't like having to listen to myself for that long and b just don't know if i can get through it because i talk about some hard stuff and and you do as well and I was like, I don't know if I want to, like, I can barely read this. When I was in the editing process, I couldn't reread these chapters without getting upset. How am I supposed to read this out loud? But I also don't want somebody else telling my story because there's also the inflection. So many people have read the book and they're like, I can hear you saying this. I'm like, that's why it's got to be me on the audio book. I get that. I get that from my friends as well. Like people that I, I talk to with my actual human voice on a regular basis they read it and they say, it's, I can hear you saying to me. Like, I have a friend I used to work with, and she, she's like, I can hear you. I hear you in my head <laughs> telling me these things. And she, she's so lovely. Um, she's just always like, she's like her designated adult. Like, she, she, my wisdom comes through her all the time. And I'm like, good. Like, I'm glad our coffee runs were really helpful because like we would just sort of take off from work and be like I need a break like I need a minute and we would talk about life and stuff and it's just it feels really good that being able to talk with her and she's like a little bit younger than me I think she's 26 and I'm 32 so we have like a small age gap but yeah enough that like you know I had already like been out and working like when she was finishing college so like a little bit of like a life experience gap and it's just and it feels like a like a a little sister, big sister thing, which has been yeah. really nice. And I get that from a lot of my friends as well, that just me 
talking about my experiences because I'm also very candid on my Facebook. Um, mm-hmm. I share. People would say I overshare, but um, <laughs> like I share a lot about leaving an abusive marriage and healing from an emotionally abusive childhood. And I've had a lot of friends, like people who I only know online and through Facebook talk to me and tell me that, you know, they realized they were in an abusive relationship and they were able to get out based on what I told, you know, what I talked about and that, you know, they've gotten into therapy and they've been able to like heal a lot of themselves based on me sharing. So I just sort of keep talking under the assumption that I'm not going to shut up and that's been working for me. I, and I think that's what's important. And I think that's what differentiates our, our generation. Cause even as you know, I'm, I, I read your blog post, I'm reading the book and I'm like, these are all things that I, I have said and I've talked about. And I think our, our generation is just more open. Cause I look at, I look at my elders, my, my parents, my step parents, and just how closed off they are about their emotions and how unhealthy that is for them. Like I look at my, my stepdad was a terrible human being and so much of his own life ate away at him, but he never talked about it or dealt with it. He buried himself in alcohol and he, um, he was, he's a recovering alcoholic, but he, he never talked about his feelings and we're so much more open and we've got like, I, I, we've, we've had the platform for it because you and I grew up with, the internet and so i started off just finding those online friends through like live journal or geocities chat rooms because yeah i super old. like aol chat rooms were like yeah. friends and we we talked about it and i think there was also the perk of we felt comfortable saying things to these people because we had never met them before and we could get things off of our chest and didn't have to see them but we're, and we're also, and it's something that I've argued a lot when it comes to the younger generations. It was, we have just so much more access to information and we were the generation and you, you talked about this and I, I even wrote about this. Uh, I was probably a little bit more blunt than you because I opened my chapter about college with college is a bullshit lie. Um, that Love was, it. that was the sentence. I forget that. Like it on a grand scale, it is like, it's, it exists as a class gateway. It's not accessible to everyone. Like it just exists to further separate people of means from people who can't afford to go. Yeah. It totally is a bullshit lie. So I yeah. support you. But we we did go and we got knowledge and we learned about the world. And with the internet, we have so much more access to information than we did before because our parents were stuck with the Encyclopedia Britannica. And if it wasn't in that paragraph, it wasn't true. Right. I, I don't give you one star, like the crazy, angry old people, because I, I think it's just that harsh reality of we, we got, we got sold a bill of goods for our entire lives. Okay. And I, my biggest regret at 35 years old is going to college. I have done nothing. I actually, I learned more through my extracurriculars on campus than I did in the classroom. Yeah, like that's the case for a lot of people, I think. I, you know, overall, I wouldn't say that I regret college. I regret taking out so many uh, student loans for my master's. Uh, that was a bad call past me, but you know, that, that's done and I'm just gonna move forward onto my, my smaller pile of debt now. Um, yeah. But, you know, I was a, 
psychology major. And I think like that has helped me like learn a lot about like psychology. I took some sociology courses, um, things like that. But also most of my like practicing education that I use, like when I, um, I do like one-on-one coaching with people and like motivational speaking and all my writing and like trauma recovery things, all that has come from books that I've read and Mm -hmm. work that I've done myself in therapy. So I did have like something of a foundation from college and then working in my master's, I worked a lot with students and I did career counseling. Um, So Mm -hmm. that also I think helped. And then you know, this, I, I mentioned this in the blog and in the book, but at a grad school conference was the first place I heard the term millennial and started learning about millennials. So, you know, I wouldn't have that tiny anecdote without. It's true. I, loans. I, my favorite thing has been letting millennials know that they are indeed millennials because my, my older sister had no idea. Oh yeah. I love people <laughs> that I, I had a, I say I had, I have a cousin who I don't speak to probably because I have a mouth on me and I just, (laughs) that whole sort of side of the family just like shamefully deleted me off Facebook, like one by one where they were like, no, not, not this one. We we don't accept this one. Um, But she was like, I'm not a millennial. And I was like, you, you literally are. And she's like, yeah, but like, I don't identify like that. And I'm like, did you just not, I'm not like (laughs) old. With, with millennials it's like it, it's just a demographic like what are you why are you mad I, <laughs> it brings me joy i i love it i that's it's, i mean like same though i no one in my family is friends with me anymore on facebook save my siblings but <laughs> yeah i just talked to uh my sister and they live in Washington, D.C., mm-hmm. and very occasionally one brother, and he lives in uh, Knoxville, and he just moved there from Miami a couple years ago. He also hated Florida, so. <laughs> I don't I don't hate, I mean, Florida's trying to kill me in a number of different ways, because I did not start having seasonal allergies until I moved here, mm-hmm. and I'm battling that right now, which is, like, the worst thing in the world is having to cough at all right now oh yeah like every time if i if water goes down wrong and i cough i'm like it's covid it's like (laughs) it's water in your lungs but like try yeah yeah and then i i mean our governor is trying to kill us because he's like ah we're good there's no cases here like we can we see the numbers You, you Right. Yeah. You're not hiding anything. Ohio was doing so great. Like in March, everybody was like, oh my God, Governor DeWine, everything's so good in Ohio. And then everybody was like, no, my rights. And he just like stopped. And so now we have this festering pile of COVID here. Like <laughs> everywhere else. That's, that's just going to be the title of my next book. Festering pile of COVID. <laughs> Perfect. It'll be another memoir. It, that memoir will last a whole year, and it will be bigger than the memoir about your life. I, oh, this is the year that 
I, I've had nothing to write about this year. Like my blog has gone stagnant in like a way that every blogger will tell you is a th- terrible thing to do. Yeah. I've had to stop listening to advice about like, you have to be consistent because like, I know that consistency matters, but also I have to like make sure I eat and I'm getting sleep yeah. and like, it's just been kind of stressful. So no, I haven't been writing as much as I used to. But I'm also not burned out anymore. And now I'm able to come back and write new things and start a new brand. And like I'm launching a course in February and I'm very excited about like all this new stuff that has been able to come because I'm not burned out anymore. Yeah, I think that's because I also I also started the podcast in lockdown and did not realize just how much time podcasting takes. Yes, I want to do a podcast and I am scared of that. Do it. I'm a, I'm a huge, I mean, anytime you want to come on here and just rant about life, I'm all for it. Awesome. <laughs> I'll tag along to yours and you can do all the posts. I mean, that's what so many of, of my friends have, have done. <laughs> that's totally fair. So my, my, my issue with like the, the branding thing and is that I've got, like that original blog started on a blog called Born Again Minimalist, right? Mm-hmm. And that's where those million views are. And like, that's where my my body of work has been. And it honestly started because I got rid of like half my shit after my first divorce. And I was like, I'm a minimalist now. I'm doing minimalist blogging. <laughs> and then eventually like you run out of things to talk about, about like, here's how I only have five pairs of shoes. And like, you know, I just ran out of shit to talk about. Yep. With minimalism. So I started getting into like environmentalism because that's also related to minimalism in like a, I'm reducing the things that I bring into my home. I'm reducing like single use disposable items. I'm trying to take care of the planet. I buy second hand. And that I, I put like, a recipe and like some stuff about groceries on there. And I did a little bit of personal finance and it just sort of evolved into like, this is where Caitlin writes about stuff. And then that millennials blog went on there because that was my blog. And now I'm like, well, do I keep writing about millennials? Like, what do I do? So I've done a lot of like self-care and boundaries and trauma because that, that kind of also applies. That's like minimalism is about like what you say no to so that you love the things surrounding you i i've been reading along and i i enjoy it and i simultaneously hate you because i'm like how how are you so smart and articulate and i don't even want to oh i'm gonna look and i'm gonna be scared to i don't remember what my last blog post was about (laughs) um oh now i do (laughs) it was actually about uh people going to theme parks in a pandemic Um, and why they need to stop being assholes if they're going to do that. That's fair. I went to the zoo a couple times. We like social distanced and we wore the masks. And I was just like, I just want to see like some animals so that I feel happy. Like, just give me the serotonin, please. Yes, yes, just give me the serotonin. So, but I, because I'm like this creative person, I ended up launching a course that was about like trauma recovery and boundary work, but mm-hmm. it's like Dungeons and Dragons. And I'm like, but that doesn't fit here. So I, last night I stayed up till midnight and made like new social media and made a logo and made a new website. And I'm putting 
all of like that the geeky trauma recovery metaphor stuff in its own little pile mm-hmm. so now i have two brands because i am apparently a masochist <laughs> but it just didn't make sense to me to like try to keep it all in like one place and that's as it turns out very millennial right like millennials love to do a bunch of different stuff and we want to do work that makes us feel good and yada yada so that might eventually have a podcast over on the the geeky side of things it's called critical hit recovery but then whenever i need to rant about millennial things i'll just come talk to you that's i nailed it perfect because I, I mean I, I i feel like i might have when i started this pigeonholed myself because i was like i came up with the name I was like ah the millennial agenda this genius millions of people will listen and i when i first started it it was just a friend and i ranting about uh, almost, you could actually, I probably could have just pulled chapter titles out of your book and been like, this is what we're going to talk about this week. I love it. But it, it was terrible. And so I, I rebranded and changed it up a little bit, but I kept the name. So I was like, I really like the name. But now I'm struggling because like I have some friends who are Gen X. They're like, oh, I'd love to come on the podcast. I'm like, all right, we need to think of some reason why we can make this work. Well, <laughs> figure, you're, figure it out. you're the token millennial then. Have them on. Talk about it. Talk about how they are observing the way people treat millennials and how it is similar to and different from how they were treated as Gen X. Uh, see, this is why you need to just come on the pod more often. <laughs> well, I do. I do freelance uh, business consulting and marketing. And see, I, that's what I also love about our generation is that we are generation side hustle. Yeah. I think every millennial I know has some sort of extra side hustle or passive income like I've got an Etsy shop. I sell t-shirts that I make and it's completely passive income. I've got the occasional book royalties that come in and I'm like, haha, I can hit up the dollar menu this month. That's that's the other thing our, our generation has done is taken advantage of this downtime. And after we got through the emotional and mental trauma of it, we're like, ah, we'll be productive. Yes. Yeah. That happened with me. So I actually uh, quit my full-time job in July and then sort of just chilled for August. And I was also adjusting to a new uh, antidepressant. So I literally just like napped for a month. And then in September, I got a freelance contract um, that lasted for a few months. And so, you know, that was like paying the bills minus the student loan. It was, you know, like enough to get by, pay rent, set like a little bit aside for when shit hits the fan again, when the contract ran out, which is where I am now. But it was just nice to only have to work like those 25 hours a week. So like, yeah. I wasn't, I didn't have to be on for like eight hours a day, nine hours a day. Cause you know, I was like working through lunch. Of course. Cause we're all workaholics, yeah. even though we're the apparently very lazy at the same time. We're so lazy. Um, we're just murdering industries left and right. Which my latest blog actually says how millennials are killing industries from the inside out. So I'm like, Yes, I. Yeah, but I mean, it's it's true, and I mean, even looking at, even looking at the post right now, because I, I ended up walking away from a job as well during all of this, and people like, are you stupid? Like, and I'm in Orlando, Florida, where everyone is unemployed now, but it, it comes down to there's just stuff that we are not willing to put up with, and I even I even I I got a job recently full-time job great salary i was super excited about it and i quit after three weeks oh my god because the the 
owner of the company, was a, a social media coordinator for a real estate company, and he had no idea what social media marketing and all of that actually was, and couldn't understand why I could not build an entire social media brand strategy in a week. Dude. On top of wanting me to post daily on Instagram and Facebook, as well as in the stories in two different languages, one in English and one in Portuguese, a weekly newsletter and a weekly YouTube video. And for some reason, couldn't understand. Like just that on its own, like writing out the content for like daily posts plus store. Like it takes so much time. And I don't know why people think it's just like a snap your fingers and like they appear like, no, you got to make a graphic or find an image and resize it. You got to write the copy. You got to find the right hashtags. You got to schedule it. Yeah. And you got to figure, especially since you're building a brand from scratch, you got to figure out when is the optimal time to post for your industry. And my God. And it just reached the point. I was like, I, you know what? I don't have time. And he was, he was so narcissistic. I wrote a three page long resignation letter, one page for every week that I worked there. Oh my God. My exit interview was four pages long. (laughs) They didn't actually like speak to me. They just sent me a word document and I was just like, all right, well, here's what went down. Like, yeah, not good. It was not a good time. He responded with, oh, I'm sorry you feel that way. Like that was it. (laughs) And I was like, are you, are you serious right now? Oh my god. Like that's like cool. Have you have you and my mom been talking? Right. Like are you my ex-husband? Like what <laughs> what is that? Like could not accept responsibility at all. But what I find very amusing is uh, over the last couple of days I've peeked over to the Instagram and oh you're using you're using the strategies that I, I taught you and you're doing the things that I told you to. Mm-hmm. That's how cute for you. <laughs> yeah. I'm I so proud. I definitely get that. Like I was I was well paid. I was loved by my team. Like, and I loved my team. Uh, my manager and I were having a lot of conflicts uh, because he was very sort of corporate boomer about things. And I was like, how is it that you literally read my book and like, I'll deal with you like treating me like that. Like you read the book, dude, you read it. You have a blueprint for how to make me thrive at work. And you threw it in a pit, I guess. I, that's what that's the same thing I said to my ex. I was like, "Oh, you want to date me? Read this, and then get back to me." Nice. I actually have a I have a PowerPoint on how to love me that has links to like the blogs I've written about my trauma, and I'm like, "This is important." And goddamn, my partner right now, so healthy. It is the best relationship I've ever had. Like, it's it is what I deserve. And it's amazing. And he read that whole PowerPoint. I okay, so that's I I'm gonna hire you to to make my PowerPoint now. I can totally do that. I am a personal coach. <laughs> I can help you achieve your goals. I right now I feel like my goal is a nap. That's fair. <laughs> I can a nap after this interview. It's oh I might it might just happen, but I'm but it. That, and I, I think I'm just going to start handing your book off to future employers as well, because you talked about right off the bat, uh, you know, the, the flexible schedule. I think the nine to five needs to die. It really does. It's it's not important. I have found that like flexible hours 
and just sort of not needing to like police people's hours either. Like if I can get a full day of work done in six hours, I feel like I got a full day of work done and that, you know, as long as the work gets done, we don't need to be policing the hours that our asses are in the desk chair. Like it's, it's ridiculous. And then we found out uh, pretty immediately in March when all like the lockdowns happened that most office positions can be done from home with either no change to productivity or actually an improvement in productivity. And it's just ridiculous that people, corporate boomer type people feel like they need to stare at their employees and intimidate them into working. That's not good work. You're not going to get good work. Oh yeah. That's what drove me nuts. He had, this guy had me coming into the office, which first off the rest of the team was working from home, but he was making me come in. And every two minutes he was like, we're in like, when I say office, I mean like it was basically a closet with a couple of desks in it. And he would turn around like, what are you doing? Like I'm dude, work I'm, I'm reading, I'm reading this article about social media marketing for real estate because you, you hired me knowing that I had no experience marketing in real estate and that I was going to need to learn. And you're getting mad at me for learning how to do the job you want me to do. Oh my God. Oh my God. And I, I, granted I, and you, you talked about this as well. I jumped at the job because I was like, oh, you're the first person to offer me employment. I will say yes. With that, I took, there was no, there was no cool down period. I accepted the job in the middle of the interview. Oh, wow. Yeah. Desperation is, is not always a good look. I mean, like sometimes like if you need a job, like you need a job, like that's something else we need to talk about is that I always try to talk about like the privilege of being able to be choosy and being able to walk away from my job based on my morals and feeling like they, they handled something inappropriately or whatnot. Not everybody can. So like, you know, I don't blame you. Like you were in an income drought and needed something, but apparently three weeks later you were like, nah. <laughs> like I said earlier, my motto this year is we don't fuck with that energy. So you were just not fucking with it. And I I mean this year I, I've walked away from a lot. I've walked away from friendships this year. I learned a lot about the people in my life. And I think it was a combination of First off, seeing who all my anti-masker friends are mm -hmm. and why are you like this? And then we had, the, you know, the Black Lives Matter movement, which really taught me a lot about a lot of my family. And then just like, and then of course we had an election and this is probably the most tumultuous election I have seen in my lifetime. Yeah. And I think any of us will ever intense. see. Like I thought 2016 in my Facebook memories, I'm like, you sweet, sweet summer child. But in 2016, when I was like, this year's like the worst year ever, which to be fair, we lost Carrie Fisher. And that is a tragedy. But oh, that just that oh, that popped up on my memories the I other know. day. Because it was like, two days ago, I think she died on the 27th. It was yeah, the 27th. Yeah, which is not okay. And like, obviously, I identify very much with Carrie Fisher. And she has helped me through a lot. And you know, I thought 2016 was like the worst of it. And then here we are four years later. And like, I could not believe how many people were out there for Trump. Like, how? How have you witnessed this? And you still think he's the move? Yeah. And I, it's just, I mean, but at the same time, part, part of me gets it as I, because I, I've always just been an observer of people I people watch like it's my job and he's he's playing he's just playing the right song he knows exactly what he's doing to get the right people riled up and the problem is is it's such a large majority that no uh, so many of them can't see how disgusting it is yeah because they 
they're choosing to ignore the things that the rest of us are like, hey, what are you, what are you doing over there with your signs and your Confederate flag? That's the worst part about being in the South is having to see that. Oh my God. But oh my God. looking at, cause I'm, I'm actually, I'm reading um, Obama's book right now. And by reading, I'm a millennial and I'm listening to the audiobook. You know, I can't, I have a really hard time reading paper books. I, I do. I love it, but like I, because I don't have time and I've got a, uh, well, the temporary job that I was working was a 45 minute commute one way. Ew. So I was like, audiobook. Yes. Yeah, that's how to do that. And just listening to the things that he is, it, like his book only covers the first half of his presidency. So the first four years. But as he's talking about these things, I'm like, yeah, I kind of see how how everything that you attempted to do and everything you went through led to the rise of the Cheeto in chief. I get it. It wasn't intentional, but it's and I, I 100% blame Mitch McConnell. Yeah, he's going to the pit. He's, <laughs> I, oh. he's so angry. Like my boyfriend and I, we we call it looking up mad, but we just like... If, if he doesn't text me, like, good morning first thing, he'll text me something like, I cannot believe Mitch McConnell. Like, just because, like, he, like, got up and, like, looked at Twitter, like, before he talked to me. <laughs> and like, one day he texted me and he was like, why are Republicans? And I was like, are you talking about those people who had those guns out in front of, like, their mansion? And he's like, how did you know that's what I was talking about? And I'm like, because they're everywhere. <laughs> I uh just relationship goals right there. Yes, <laughs> it is. I love us. <laughs> I said a cab on our first date, and he knew I was the one. <laughs> I though I will point out that you're violating your own rule of no screen time in the bed. Oh yeah, I totally am. I am very bad about that. I went to bed at midnight last night and just was on my phone until two. And <laughs> I, you should do as I say and not as I do because <laughs> I. <laughs> have a bad time about that i know uh, when i'm with him when i'm with him the phone is away like all the time but when i'm not i'm like always on social media trying to get mad <laughs> i i doom scrolling is what i call it yeah. i wake up every morning and i doom scroll i gotta That's stop that it's not good i do well when i got when i got laid off from my marketing job i realized when i got home with like my box of desk stuff i was like this is the first time in 15 years i do not have to be on social media for any reason mm -hmm. and i took a break and it was rather delightful granted at the same time like i scheduled all the posts that needed to be posted on because I, I i run my own brand i am my own i've got the podcast i've got my etsy shop i've got my yeah. personal yeah. instagram brand dusted to keep maintenance on so I just, but I got to walk away from it. It was really nice. And then going back into it, I'm like, ah, oh, this is, I like, I see the trending topics on Twitter, or twi on Tinder. Oh, wow. Oh, <laughs> on Tinder. Yeah. That's where I get my news is Tinder. <laughs> Don't get your news there. That's a bad place for news. It's, I get my news from all the guys who are holding a fish while shirtless for I, no reason. Why? Why are they there with the fish? I, I wish I could swipe left on Mitch McConnell. <laughs> I mean, we could all move to Kentucky and do just that. We could try. We, I, uh, uh, not, not going down that rabbit hole. <laughs> oh, we're going to run out of time. 
I yeah. So I I see I see the the uh, the Twitter. Wow. Why is Tinder on my brain? Oh my goodness. Maybe I need to rejoin. Is this a sign? Have I, I been single for I don't long? think it is, man. I I did a whole episode about pandemic dating on Tinder. Go listen to that. I'm gonna go listen to that, that and remind funny. myself I, why it's a bad idea. I blissfully, uh, I deleted all my dating apps in like February because I was like, "Fuck this! Uh, this is bad. I'm just wasting like all my time. Like, whenever I had a free moment, I wasn't working on my side hustle or my brands or like anything that brought me joy. I was just swiping, and I was like, "This is not good. I am going to meet someone in person." And then I went to speed dating <laughs> and I met my partner and we've been together for 10 months. Uh, and it's I didn't even know that still existed. Speed it, it was great. It was actually really funny because his roommate was also there. So his roommate was like my second date and ah. he was one of my last dates. And I had marked like his roommate down as like, no, like he seemed fine, but like, I didn't want to date him. And so, like, when I did start dating my partner, I was like, is this going to be, like, really weird? Because, like, I, I, you know, I rejected your, your, your roommate. <laughs> and he was like, that, like, he also, like, checked no for you. And I was like, oh, great, good. Like, we don't want to date each other at all. That's, that's good. I, well, I apparently just discovered that on Wednesday, January 20th of 2021, I can sign up for virtual speed dating. You can do it. It might be awesome. And you might meet your forever partner there. I, uh, oh wow! So anyone listening to this, if you want to donate the twenty-seven dollars for me to sign up, I will do it. New Patreon oh, tier level: donate twenty-seven dollars so I can meet my soulmate or whatever. I mean, if anything, y'all will just get a really good blog post about. I bet it was. I bet it would be amazing. <laughs> that would be funny to read. I I wasn't expecting much. <laughs> like I. Like, first of all, I put they, them pronouns, like, on my name tag, so that probably scared off, like, half the men. Uh, and I have, like, a mostly shaved head. Like, at the time, I had, like, a mohawk kind of cut, and I just probably looked, like, aggressively feminist, which scares the cis. And he he credits being on his second drink with, like, being able to even talk to me. <laughs> apparently, he, like, walked up and he was like, oh, my God. They're so pretty. And I was like, dude, I had greasy hair. I almost didn't even go because I couldn't get the will to shower. Like before I went, I was in like a t-shirt. It had like a little like cartoon Princess Leia on it. And it said, I love you. Um, that's who I am. And like a hoodie. And I was just like chilling in a chair. And I was like, hey, I'm Caitlin. I work with plants. <laughs> But, like, that's the energy. Like, see, you, I think you did it right. I probably did. I, like, I wasn't trying to, like, impress anybody. I was like, if somebody likes me with, like, my greasy hair and zero filter, because I also gave up trying to impress people um, for Lent or something. I don't know <laughs> how it works. But uh, I stopped giving a fuck what people think of me and decided to just be myself, like, turned up to 11 and figure that anybody who liked me at 11 would like me anywhere else but that's 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 fair maybe i see i i try too hard because i mean granted i i live in orlando which is like gay disney prince capital of the world love it and so i'm competing with all these like 
eight pack pretty face Disney princes. And I'm like, I I live with three cats. Hey, That's all I got for you. Cats is great. It is. They're delightful. But I also, I, I was talking to a friend about it. I was like, the problem with joining Tinder right now is I feel like I'm catfishing everybody because quarantine hit me hard. I have not been exercising or doing all the things that I would normally do to take care of myself because I'm just happy that I got out of bed and moved to the couch today. Yeah, like, no, that's that's fair. That's all you got to do. I actually am just getting back into exercising. I took quite a long time off because I was and still am, I guess, in recovery from uh, an eating disorder. Mm -hmm. So I just needed some time to like not work myself to the point of utter bodily exhaustion in the name of my health because I was like not well. So I have I have gained weight and like I'm pretty okay with it because you know I can get up, I can move around, I'm fine. I like my body when I look in the mirror and you know my partner likes my body and we're the only two people who really have to like it. I'm I'm so glad I I don't even know what I was searching for when I found you, but I'm so glad I did. Where where can we where can we all stalk you on the interwebs and okay. find out more? Um, stalkeriness. Um, you can find my main blog at bornagainminimalist.com or caitlinfisherauthor.com. That will redirect um, so that I can put caitlinfisherauthor.com on like professional looking things. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then I am at Caitlin Fisher author on Instagram. I don't really use Twitter, so I'm not even going to tell you that. <laughs> I am Caitlin Fisher author on Facebook. And then I also just launched that other diverging brand. So I am a critical hit recovery on Instagram and Facebook. And there will be a website right now. It is criticalhitrecovery.wordpress.com because I'm still developing it and I haven't done all of the domain mappiness. Um, but that will eventually be criticalhitrecovery.com. And so that is where you can learn how to level up your boundaries and work on yourself to become the next level version of you. And also you can buy my book, The Gaslighting of the Millennial Generation, wherever books are sold. And I kind of have to shill it on Amazon because that's like where people buy books, even though I despise Amazon. If you go to, I think, bookstore.org, you part of your purchase gets donated to a local bookstore. That's very millennial. But if you buy it on Amazon, it comes up as like a verified review. So that's important for me as a small independent author. And I am trapped. Yeah, that's that's really the struggle of of doing the, doing the author thing yes. in 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 this day and age well i thank you so so much for uh taking the time i'm glad we finally got to do this yes even though it took us <laughs> three months to figure it out because we both forgot what time was thank you so so much uh thank you everyone for listening as usual you can find me on instagram at avoiding neverland or the podcast at the millennial agenda millennialagenda.com, avoidingneverland.com, all that fun stuff. You can buy my book, buy Caitlin's book. You know what? Buy both of our books. Then it'll turn into a like, oh, people who bought this, bought this. You should do that too. Let's do it. Beautiful. On that note, thank you all so much for listening. <laughs> well, I'll talk to y'all real soon.
That sounds like lesbians dating, honestly. Like, are we, like, friends? Is this a date date? Like, is this a podcast? Are we going to get to talk? Do you hate me? Are you ignoring my email as a friend? 